We are we are veterans in the podcast world. We are experienced like a fine wine. Yeah, yeah we're like the, we're like a fine wine that nobody buys. Anyway, greetings <laughs> and salutations and welcome once again to the Campus Crusaders live at the time via the internet, the magical, the wonderful, the uh the tubes and uh Al Gore invented it. He did. And uh um, I was there when it happened. And he looks weird now. Yeah. Like not bad. He just looks very different. Been so used to dark hair, Al, and it's like yeah. full blown gray, Al. Yeah. It, you know it is, you know it reminds me of it reminds me of that picture I sent you of the honky tonk man. Yes. Where like he doesn't look bad. He just looks completely different. Yep. Like the honky tonk man has like like basically looks like like uh, like an Elvis Santa impersonator. That's spot is, on. Yeah, it's pretty much what That's the honky tonk would be as he aged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Longest um, reign, wasn't it? The greatest. Let's just think the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Yeah, I think it's the longest for a long time. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, oh, we were. We've been intro Doing the intro. Yeah. Uh, I already <laughs> said. Wait, what did I say? I said uh, the internet. He said greeting uh, salutations. The internet. Uh, Al Gore Gray. Al Gore. <laughs> Al Gore the Gray. <laughs> Al Gore the Gray. Weirdest wizard to ever uh, grace Middle Earth. Fight you fools. Fly, you fools, man, bear, pig. Anyway, my name is, of course, David Barry at DR Barry on varying social media platforms. I'm joined this evening by one of the crew, my also seven year veteran um, of 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 podcastum. And uh... wait, does that mean we've been podcasting longer than you've had children? Yes. Wow. Oh, uh, just no, by months, because Jackson was because he'll be eight this year. So by like. Six months, Jackson's older. Yeah. Got anyway, yeah. What was your name? Uh the most electrifying Azorian in all of podcasting. This is the Azorian one, Anthony Steves. And as I say that, I realize that there's at least two other Azorians I'm close with who may take issue with that. But anyway, here I am. <laughs> yeah, no. No, no, fine. I mean, don't actually I mean they're probably lovely people, but maybe they're okay. Here's the thing. That doesn't mean like doesn't mean you're saying they're not good. Exactly. I'm just electrifying. That's, yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm like the greatest. It's just I'm electrifying. Exactly. You know. Boom. Yeah. There you go. Eric, that. Danny, don't hate me. Yeah, if you're listening, just you're just not the most electrifying. You're awesome. It, exactly. Good save. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> save those two relationships. Anyway, um, we are your number one allegedly one. podcast for anything one. comic book one. related. One. one is one. the loneliest one. number that you'll ever. Uh, did you ever do anyway there it is um what was i saying oh yeah according according to uh my uh uh my page hosted on geocities we are uh the number one podcast uh we are the most visited uh pack bell uh hosted uh website via comp usa uh 128 megabit welcome yeah <laughs> you've got, got mail. mail hello <laughs> we hopped in a delorean for this episode fuck yeah <laughs> we know so much imagine in 30 years iron man will be your favorite character hey <laughs> anyway uh i already said we are your number one alleged podcast for anything mm-hmm. related mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. anything comic book related uh, <laughs> Sure, let's okay, let's just go on to the next part of the spiel. Ah, uh, this episode is brought to you in part by the Nerd On Nation, powered by Patreon. Uh for as little as one, two, five dollars a month, you can help us uh, up our quality, uh mm. keep the lights on. Uh, and our GeoCities. Get early, yeah, yeah. Get me out of GeoCities. Give me <laughs> a, a real hosting site. Um that's not true. You should actually go to capelesscrusaders.com. It's a wonderful website. There it is. It's your hub for all things crusaders. So Speaking of the Nerd on Nation, for as little as one, two, five dollars a month, you get early access to episodes like this, uh, a half closed, half open Discord community, and the uh, cool open uh, closed part, uh, nerdon.tv slash Discord, and so much more. Uh, for more information, you can check it out at nerdon.tv slash Patreon. And I already said, for anything related to the Capeless Crusaders, you can go to our hub for all things Crusader. That is the CapelessCrusaders.com. Yep. Uh, our home on the internet. You could buy mugs there. Yes, you can. You could buy shirts. I have a mug and it's great. You have a mug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It holds liquid. It does. <laughs> that, was, that was my pause, pause for dramatic uh, infomercial face. It was great. Yeah. 
<laughs> pretty awesome. I do you have a coffee it. mug that doesn't hold liquid? Well, now you do. Yeah, it's just full of holes for some reason. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, so on this week's episode, we are, of course, going to go around the horn. We're talking about what complex we've been reading. I actually have a, a special surprise for my around the horn. Um, and then our main topic for this episode is if we had the power, if the power to adapt showrunners, show running runner shows. Mm. That's what they do, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Anyway, basically uh, what given everything going on with all the TV movies, so on and so forth. Um, if we could be showrunners and we could adapt anything right now, what it would be and why? Um, before we get to that, when? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I got. I, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm running out of seven years, man. I'm running out of witty shit to say. Just, <laughs> <sighs> so, um, yeah, let's. Uh, yeah. No, yep. No, that's that's it. That's it. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give up. Uh, when I can't think of a segue. Uh, when uh, we uh, are talking about things. Um, Hey, let's go around the horn. Hey, uh, you hear that Barry lately? I think he's, uh, I think he's fucking losing it, man. Something going on up there in the brain. Holy shit, that brain uh, isn't working. If it wasn't for them, that, you know, that sweet, sweet horn, I wouldn't be listening anymore. But that boop, 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 I gotta, I gotta stay for that. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get that shit every time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, when you go around the horn, we go around the table in circular fashion, except for the fact that we no longer have a circular table. In fact, True. uh, never actually really had one. We've had, uh, normal, normal tables. Yeah, rectangles. Yeah, rectangles primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even think we had square table. Actually, nope. no, we sat around a card table once. Twice. This is true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, we talk about what we've been reading and or watching. Mm-hmm. That's what my thing is. Uh, recently, so Stevs, ooh, start us off. This is funny because I too have reading and watching. Oh, there it is. Oh, so first I'll, I'll start with the reading. Uh, I began the first issue. Of Neil Gaiman's Eternals. Ooh, there you go. In the Marvel Universe there. uh, Written by Mr. Neil Gaiman and illustrated by Mr. John Romita Jr. And I wanted to pick this up because uh, seeing the trailer, that was the brief, uh, sorry, the brief peek we got of it in the big Marvel teaser we got with Stan Lee's voiceover and where we've been and where we're going. And we got the glimpse of, of... the Eternals in there, and I was intrigued. I realized I know very little about the Marvel, you know, gods uh, area when it comes to the Marvel universe. So I'm like, yeah, you yeah. know what? I talked to my 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 good friend David Barry. Who's that? I think that's you. Oh, that's, uh, that's you. Yes, and I he said that probably the best written one of the best ones was the one written by Neil Gaiman. So I to, begin to clarify. To clarify, to clarify, it is not that Jack Kirby's is not great. Oh, correct, of course. It's just, um, how can I put it? Um, it's uh, a maybe, lot maybe. to take in. Here's what I could say: Maybe if Jack Kirby was like Richard Donner's Superman, Neil Gaiman is like Christopher Nolan. Would that be an accurate? Uh, Description like Nolan, of it? Nolan, Nolan or Reeves? Like how complex like Inception and Interstellar are. Would got Neil Gaiman be the got, written got Nolan? No, it's 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 not that it's 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 not that it's like Kirby was just um it's I mean it's from the sixties, you know? Like, yeah. and it's so it's it's like the artwork is awesome, it's Kirby, but it's it's a lot. And then mm-hmm. his writing is is very like how do I put this? Like you ever just go back and read those comics from the fifties and sixties? Like they're oh, yeah. awesome, uh, but you but you know they're from the fifties and sixties. Yeah, you're like some of like the wording. You're kind of like okay, like the pacing on this is odd, overstating things like didn't need to be said. Like I have the sixties Spider Man comic book, and it's like that. Yeah, exactly. A lot of bubbles. And, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and, that, and which which it's it's still it's not to say that the Jack Kirby isn't awesome, but mm-hmm. the the Neil Gaiman one is. Much more, I think, palatable to the to the normal to the average uh, fan, nice. and also, of course, seems to be more in reference, possibly, to what the movie is going to be about. But correct, yes, I just I started. Want, I just want to make sure no no Kirby fanboys came out of the woodwork. Excuse like, me, well, Kirby's great. Excuse me. Hold on one second. Doctor Barry said that Jack Kirby is inferior to Neil Gaiman. Encyclopedia comic of my ass. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, I've yeah. started issue one of the game in Romita Eternals. And as of right now, I'm enjoying it. I'm still early on, but I'm 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 here for the ride because I want to know as much as I can before the movie comes out, which is due out this September, correct? I believe. Oh wait, no, September is Shang Chi. Uh, Eternals might be November, I believe. Fuck if I know. We're supposed to know that kind of stuff, but late fall. Late fall. I need to have a fucking calendar up right here. Just at like, all, all times. Shit up coming. All times. I need to be able to adjust it as shit gets canceled and moved around and <laughs> whatever. Uh, and so my my visual uh, around the horn uh, was actually a recommendation from another member of our Nerd On podcast family, Tom. Uh, he recommended for me to watch the anime f- uh, series Death Note from 2006. Uh, there was a movie adaptation in 2017, but he said, and don't watch that shit. Those were his words. <laughs> so I'm watching the anime. Uh, basically, this uh, extremely smart kid finds this notebook that says Death Note on it. And when you write someone's name in it, in 40 seconds, that person will die. And you can either write how you want them to die or just leave it blank and it'll be natural causes. And he finds out this notebook came from the uh, the underworld and a god of death actually arrives and is by his side the entire time he's using this notebook. So basically he thinks he's doing the right thing by putting all these bad people in this notebook and making them die. And at the same time, the greatest detective mind of all time, who's only referred to as L and no one knows what he looks like, is hot on the trail on trying to find out who is behind all these random deaths. Death Note. Okay. I'm on episode four of what is a 37 episode series. It's It's only only 37 episodes? Yeah. About 20 sort of minutes each episode. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I've like, I've like never watched an anime that's less than like 18 seasons. (laughs) According to IMDb, just one season of 37 episodes. Wow. I, yeah, I did not realize that. They told their whole story, I guess. Do, do, uh, you, wa- do, you, do you watch a lot of anime? I am very limited on my anime viewing. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've just been seeing a lot of comparisons. Like I follow this Instagram app called Cinema Magic. Mm-hmm. And one of their posts showed how many like live action films got a lot of their visual ideas from previous animated uh, anime films. One being Matrix. Uh, one being the um, hallway fight scene in Inception where they're losing balance. That's from an anime. So I was like intrigued about these visuals that these movies got from these animes. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to watch Death Note and see what uh see what all the hype's about. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there I am. There it is. Uh yeah. Neil Gaiman's Eternals and Death Note. Available on Netflix. Fantastic. Not sponsored, sorry. Not sponsored, no. Um, <laughs> all right, then uh I guess that leaves it to me. There he is. Um so for reading, I was going back and um, checking out some uh, some old uh, New Mutants from back Ooh. in the day um, because I saw the other day. I noticed as I was perusing my my HBO Max application. Smile at the uh, camera when you say that HBO Max. <laughs> there you go. I saw none other than New Mutants. The yeah. uh, the the doomed to fail. <laughs> final Fox mutants movie mm-hmm. that was pushed off and pushed off and pushed off. And then eventually finally released post Disney Fox merger, um, to, uh, 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 triumphant silence. <laughs> and, um, it, uh, so yeah, so I saw it. I was like, you know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to, I'm going to read me some new mutants. Um, just, you know, always, always love to go back and visit some old friends before I checked it out. And, um, It, um, how do I, how do I say this? Mm. There were parts of it I really liked. Okay. Um, I, I am ever the, you know, find something I like about it. Of course. Um, the, the way it was very different from a lot of Marvel and previous X-Men ventures. I did enjoy um, I liked the kind of like asylum kind of feel with like the little bit of a little bit of of horror kind of going around. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, of, running out of good things to say. Yeah, I mean, okay, like some of the <laughs> actors like like weren't great. Like the girl from Game of Thrones, uh, Arya, 
Okay. okay. She was dope. She she's That's the, right. she, she was in there. She was the werewolf. Okay. Um so she was dope and um the older brother from Stranger Things. Um, oh, um the 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 older brother of the kid who disappears in the first season. Yes. Um yeah. Are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was pretty solid. He was a, um, he was pretty good. Um, the so some of the act, some of the other they were they were they were okay. It just mm. it was it was weird. It was also just kind of like like this again. This was movie was doomed to fail based mm-hmm. on just everything it was up against. Um, if like you know, I I do I I do appreciate it because it was the first time. Because like Fox just kept doing the same X Men teams, and they yep. just rebooted it with the same X Men teams. And I really hope Marvel Disney don't reboot the same X Men teams. Because I'm gonna be honest, I'm sick of the same X Men. I'm not saying they can't exist because in the New Mutants they did reference Charles Xavier at one point, mm-hmm. and and I was like, okay, cool. Like that was the only mention to connect to anything else. Um, otherwise, and and the the Essex Corporation. Other than that, it was very much like a, a different take on mutants, a different group of mutants, like them dealing with a lot of their powers in a much different way and them being experimented on and all this kind of stuff. So I liked the direction of it. I liked uh, some of the uh, is it kind of like the um, the the storytelling, the horror aspect of it. Um, the uh, the of course, it, it features um, Danny Moonstar, who um, her ability is like uh, is tell uh, tell wait. Kinesis? I, I tell Kinesis and, and Psycho, whatever. I always get them all fucking. Anyway, she um she has telekinetic powers and it okay. manifests um in this uh this demon bear. And the demon bear wipes out her 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 reservation and kills okay. her family um and eventually comes for for her there. And she can also like see your worst fear and make you live it over and over and just a lot a lot of trauma. There's this whole thing is gotcha. all they all had like really traumatic experiences. A lot of their powers manifested in really messed up ways. They hurt people. Um, but because she's Native American, like just the the jokes, like I don't know. You could be shitty without being like, yeah, you're stuck in here with us, Pocahontas. It's like really that's all you that like. The the writing to me, especially like with the interactions with her, I was like, you couldn't just think of like anything else besides like some like like cheap, like native American stereotypes. I was right. kind of like, okay, this great. Right. Okay. Yeah. I was like, this, <laughs> but yeah, I mean like, cause like other stuff, you know, like, like was, was pretty solid, but, uh, but whatever. So yeah, it's, it's, it's out there. If you have HBO max, you can watch it. <laughs> oh, uh, update the, uh, Eternals movie comes out November 5th. Oh, thank you. Good. Thank you for looking that up. Right. November 5th. Uh, so speaking of adaptations, see, what? look at that. Look at that fucking segue. Fucking there he is. Segway. He's back. Oh, he's back fuck yeah we got him all right just hit, hit stop recording i'm gonna go to bed um, that's it and then i know whoo so uh so speaking of uh of adaptations good and bad um shtevs came up with this idea of a hey you know what if uh what if we were showrunners what if mm-hmm. we had the power I'm we trying. were in hollywood and we were just like hey make this i want this to happen and mm-hmm. the studios were like Thank you, sir. May I have another, sir? You got it, Crusaders. Yeah, way to go, Anthony Steves, brilliant mm. director and writer, uh, and and David Barry, nice uh, other guy who's good at stuff. Um, <laughs> producer. So, so yeah, yeah, producer. There you go, uh, idea guy. So idea guy. You're Brad Pitt in Ocean. No, you're George Clooney in Ocean's Eleven. You're the idea guy. I'm, the, I'm very much fine with that. Brad's the pro. Gets it done. There it is. Ah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> we got a grease man. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Steve's lead us off. You got it. Well, I have three adaptations. I would do. Uh, we can go back and forth, and I get say one. You can say one. Do like that. Let's we'll do, do that. it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So I'm gonna go with my first one, which is not a surprise to anyone. So I thought I'd get that out of the way. Uh, y'all already know. You've been listening for seven years. You know what I would ad- adapt. Uh, I'm literally trying to write one. It's called Hackslash. Uh, the Tim Seeley comic uh, that he wrote and illustrated about a young girl who ends up surviving a murder attempt at the hands of a slasher. And she decides to take vengeance upon all horror slashers that exist in her world one by one by hunting them down and killing them. So Hackslash, pretty much in a bubble. That is what I wanted to adapt. Um, it was... 
one of the first that was the first I'm trying to think that was the first image comic I read that was not a homework assignment yeah. for the Crusaders. Yeah. That was one I found on my own. Probably it was during Halloween time, most likely. Um, and I was intrigued about it, uh, being a horror movie fan, and the twist it takes on making uh, not only the final girl survive, but instead of just barely surviving, she decides to take revenge on all slashers. And I thought it was a great idea, and I was surprised that it's never been made into a series yet. Um, since I think nowadays we're the perfect uh, time to have a show like that. Uh, we were lucky enough to actually have Mr. Tim Seeley on our show a couple years ago. Yeah. And we chatted with him about his entire work in the comic book world. And I, of course, brought up Hackslash. And I asked for his blessing if, if I were to write my own pilot or uh, to adapt season one. And he said it'd be great. He had no problem with it. He just knows that the story is tied up in so many different legal issues regarding he's, getting he's it like made. he's like go for it good fucking luck getting the rights to it <laughs> exactly like he would love to see hack slash adapted cool he just knows it's tied up in so many different nope. areas but uh if it ever happens he's definitely getting a special thanks uh <laughs> so uh, it still doesn't stop me from attempting but yes of course those of you who follow us for so long you know very well that i'm a fan of this book yeah. and i would want to adapt hack slash into a series preferably netflix HBO because it's got to be TVMA, and of course you uh, want to play Cassie Hack. For the longest time, I have been saying that I've wanted uh, Brianna Hildebrand, who was the uh, uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Or yeah, did I say your name wrong? Is yeah, that the way it went? Negasonic Teenage Warhead from Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, she was also in the Exorcist uh, series reboot, which is fantastic. Um, I want her to play Cassie Hack because she fits the size, the style, everything. She has the attitude for it. And for the longest time, I was trying to get, I would think, trying to get, like, I have the power. My idea has always been for Vlad was the mountain from Game of Thrones. Uh, But recently, I saw this guy who is the tallest Swedish bodybuilder slash actor. And he was featured on Jamie Lee Curtis's Instagram. Oh, yeah, because he's going to be in Borderlands. Yes. Dude is huge. Yeah. uh, Ripped. He's an actor already. Uh, so I saw that I forgot the guy's name. If you follow Jamie Lee Curtis, it's on her Instagram. She takes a picture with him because they're both starring in Borderlands. But I saw that guy. And I'm like, nope. If you can't get the mountain, this guy would be a perfect flawed. So yeah, that'd be my mount- cast. The mountain's busy uh, having exhibition boxing matches with random people all over the fucking world. Oh, is he? Is that what he's doing? Right that's, now? A, that's a yeah. That's a thing you fucking do. I don't. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if maybe he's sick of competing in the world's strongest man and he wants to do that instead. Like maybe, maybe. I don't know. Whatever. Is. Um, Enough of these but, people just randomly becoming boxers. It's fucking obnoxious. Right. Right. Uh, uh, I, I Jake Paul, looking at you, you fuck. Looking at you, you bastard. Someone just fucking knock his head off. Anyway. Uh, Floyd, the one one of the few times I cheer for you. Yeah. Do you have a direct? Do you have a director in mind, or are you directing it? Oh, um, hmm. I don't think I would direct. I would definitely want to write it. Uh, directors in mind, I'd be looking at. Uh, I would love to have Rob Zombie produce. Oh, That'd nice. be fantastic. Yeah, totally. Uh, and he would also then be let you use some of his music. Exactly, which would fit perfectly. Um, I, I got for producing a team. I'd want, if possible, to have Tim Seeley involved. Yeah. I'd want to have um, Teeny Howard, who wrote Hack Slash Resurrection, which about two yeah. years ago. She wrote yeah. that. Rob Zombie. I thought that blend of having the comic creators, myself, and the zombie style involved in there. It'd be it'd be a com- dark humor horror. Right, right. So it's meant to it'll be dramatic parts, of course, but a dark humor horror movie. Um, oh, Olivia Richters is that guy's name. If you look that guy's name it's i think it's oliver but it's a v-i-e-r so it could be olivier or richters or yeah or olivier olivier thank you olivier richters look him up the dude is huge he would be my other vlad um directing i'd want uh james wan to direct a few episodes. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, the guy who gave us the oh, conjuring, the guy who gave us go. Swamp Thing. No, do the uh, do the do the Mandalorian style and get different people to direct different episodes. Oh, like, a Robert for Rodriguez hack slash. Would That's be what phenomenal. I'm oh, Okay, oh. so so she goes after all these different slashers, right? All these different kind of like mm-hmm. genres of villains. Yep. Get different like horror and slasher directors 
to put their spin on oh, it. Oh, God. Like, Eli Roth, the Hostel movies. That's yeah. what I'm saying. See if, um, um, what the uh, fucking, uh, who did Halloween? Um, oh, the recent, the, the new one or the original. Yeah. John Carpenter. Yeah. See, see have like, John Carpenter see, do an episode. Like John yep. Carpenter do a couple episodes, you know? Like have them Ooh. like bring their their style and their vision into it. Oh god. See, it makes typing right now. Typing. See, and this idea guy. Idea, idea guy. There he is. Danny Ocean. Danny <laughs> Ocean right there. <laughs> there I am. I like that. I think that'd be cool. I, I I honestly like I don't see why that's not I mean, it, it probably is a thing more often than I realize it. But like once like Favreau did that, which is being like, hey, I did this one. Robert Rodriguez did this one. Mm-hmm. Um, what the what's the what's her name? Uh, oh, uh, Howard's daughter. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bryce I'm Dallas like, Howard. Minute. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. like or, like just bringing all these different people to do that. Like I thought that was dope, you know. Mm-hmm. And it did make for some like interesting like different stories. Like you could yep. really do like just you could see each one having their own you know their own spin on it. Yes, yes. Uh, that that would be. A phenomenal take. So yeah, that, that's yeah. You see, that's the dream. That's the dream. Hackslash available on dream. Netflix or HBO Max sometime. In a perfect world. In a perfect world. <laughs> so my uh, my first one also involves something that is is tied up in someone owns the rights to it and they're not doing shit with it. Um, which I I mean I I haven't looked it up in a long time. So maybe they've eventually. I don't know how the rights to these products work. You know, like I don't like I I know for. I know, like, the basic stuff with some superheroes, like, if they don't, like, make a movie or show, like, they, like, lose those rights, I Mm -hmm. guess, unless they, like, re, like, somehow, like, strike a deal to keep owning them. Like, I don't. Some studios hurry up and buy stuff just to say we might make something about it, but no one else can. So, there. Exactly. Exactly. Why we won't have a Hulk solo movie. Why. Exactly. uh, Namor was never part of the MCU and and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, So. I've, I've talked about this before. I've, I've, I've harped on this before. Um, Jonathan Hickman is uh, just mwah, French, mm-hmm. French chef's kiss, mm-hmm. French kiss. What? Um, you know what? Chef's- Maybe he's more the Christopher Nolan of comics right now. Hickman. I feel they have the I, same I style. That. Yeah. yeah. Just, just so, so everything Hickman's done, I've, I've enjoyed and I would want a couple of his properties adapted, but the one that I always thought would be so fucking cool and that I thought was going to happen because I, there's the, the article from what at this at this point I feel like it was 2013 I don't fucking know um, saying that the rights were purchased by Sci-Fi the Sci-Fi Channel um, and just the Sci-Fi Channel is where stuff just goes to die I guess <laughs> um, but Pax Pax Romana or Pax ah Romana, yes um, yep is sitting in from what I can tell uh, limbo at, at the Sci-Fi Channel maybe the rights have have reverted at some point. I haven't seen anything about it, um, but but Pax Romana is, is is one. The comic itself is is amazing because it is written, drawn, inked, lettered, everything by Jonathan Hickman. He mm. literally does the entire book. It's all him. Fantastic. Um, and of course, is one of those one of those books where he utilizes like charts and figures and text in between to supplement the the story. Uh, which is always just so fucking cool. And basically what it is, is in the far future, um, the the church is, uh, the Catholic church is the ruling body. Um, God, and yeah, I remember you talking about this in our first year as Crusaders yeah, about this uh, issue. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Seven years, fuck. Um, <laughs> so they basically decide, they have the, they have access to time, to time travel, and they're going to travel back in time um, and basically like correct history and, and, you know, like fix the church and, 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 and sway the course of, of history. And then, so they go back in time and literally the first thing that happens is because they take, they take equipment with them. They take enough supplies and, and, and fuel and weapons and stuff to last basically through until they can get into modern times. Um, and the first thing that happens is one of the mercenaries with them, the, the Cardinal who's there is like, all right, cool. Like we're going to start our Holy mission. And the, the mercenary just puts a gun to the Cardinal's head and blows his brains out <laughs> And it's like, all right, cool. Like, like we're in charge now. We're in charge. <laughs> and and what what happens is like a splintering between these groups and like mm-hmm. the religious side, and and it's cool because like they have this like constant timeline that you can follow, where it's like, like like you know, uh, one of the mercenaries rallies the Mongolians and uses them to attack another one of the mercenaries, and that mercenary uses like their last nuke to like wipe out the Mongols, you know, like like <gasps> shit like that. Like there's all this crazy cool stuff. Um, so and, intriguing. 
yeah, it's so cool. And it could be like, I don't know, based on like his storytelling, like I feel like you could do that in a, in like a maxi series, like give it like one hour episodes, like knock it out in like 10. Like, I think you could get that done mm-hmm. really well. And that's something like, a like with everything going on right now, like give it to like an Amazon or an HBO or, oh, yeah. a, or a, um, or Netflix or any of those, just like give them like the, the, the power to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't even like, I don't, I don't like, I don't have cast or director or anything in mind. I just have wanted to see this on the screen for so long. And it's Starting always been in the back. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's just been in the back of my fucking head this whole time because it was always like, there was that always that article that said the the rights were sold to sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And again, I feel like this was at this point, Hang on, I'm gonna look up the the date on the article, it. and I'm I'm just gonna Do feel it. super old. But like that, that's one of those ones where it's just like the sci-fi like, table right now. How do we make this? Yeah, what, what do we, what do we, we've had the rights to this. Here we go, 2014. Oh, uh, that was that was our first year. <laughs> sci-fi developing series on Pax Romana. <sighs> the rights were bought the year we started. Yeah, you know what's frustrating? You know what's super frustrating is the mm-hmm. other tied in this article. It says, um, oh, wait, I've been redirected to a hand, Handmaid's Tale uh, advertisement. Excuse Ooh, me. Great series. Great series, by the way. Uh, you will be re- redirected to your article in three, two, two one. one. Thank you. Pax Romana and the Magicians. That's mm-hmm. what Sci-Fi was working on. Oh, the Magicians. Ah. Yeah. And guess what they did? They the fucking magicians. made the, the Magicians, and it's been going on for a fucking while. <laughs> well, Pax Romana. Just chilling. Just, just fucking just, just rots. Uh, you know, like and it's, it's a Hickman story. <sighs> yep. Oh, wait, let's see. Wait, hang on. Latest news. Latest news. Sci-fi wire. Wait, is this mm-hmm. from 2014 as well? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm thinking right now. Who I'd want to produce that because he produces series now. Ridley Scott. Hell yeah. He produces a number of series right now, and I could see him producing something like that. Yep. So yeah, so all I'm seeing right now is is just Pax Romana, like 2014, like purchased by sci-fi, and then nothing else. Which is just fucking bullshit. So yeah, so I would I would want to see that one. So mm-hmm. produced by I'm Ridley a- Scott. I'm angry now. Tell tell me tell me your next one. Uh by the way, Hickman is in one of mine as well, but not yet. Not yet, as they said in Gladiator. Um, my second one is my first ever Vertigo story that I read. Um, and it is written by somebody we adore on this show, Mr. Tom King. Uh, I was going to say, uh, wait, <laughs> Bill Bill Paxson? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <gasps> Pullman or Paxson? Eh, who knows? Um, Tom King and artist Mitch Jarrett's their uh, their debut together with the Sheriff of Babylon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was basically the plot to that is the story follows Chris Henry, a former San Diego police officer turned military consultant, as he attempts to solve the murder of one of his Iraqi police recruits. And the story was based entirely in Iraq, uh, in the middle of the Iraq War. Um, it's actually based on Tom King's experiences in Iraq while working as a counterintelligence officer for the CIA in 2004. So those of you who aren't aware, Tom King, before he became DC's golden writer, spent years as a CIA counterintelligence officer during uh, the war on terror, the war in Afghanistan and the war in Iraq. And he was based in Iraq. And when his service was done, he went back to his passion of writing comic books. And, and, here and, he and how did he sneak around and, and, and blend in? He, he, he went as a comic book writer. Exactly. <laughs> he's he a big fucking nerd. That's how he snuck around. Yep. Maybe, maybe his, uh, maybe he used the old Marvel incognito hat, hoodie, sunglasses. Yeah. No 100%. one can see me. No yeah, one can see exactly, me. Exactly. Exactly. Like I'm um, reading Captain America comics. <laughs> but, uh, so he went and became a comic book writer. And I believe this along with vision, um, the vision angle he took over at Marvel, yeah, were his first, um, his first works in the comic world. And I read Sheriff of Babylon on a whim. I just saw it, and the cover reminded me of something along the lines of um, Green Zone with Matt Damon, um, 
Three Kings with George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg and Ice Cube. Uh, it had that feel to it, just looking at the cover, and I wanted to read it, and I was glued to it. It was an outstanding story. Uh, the Chris Henry character is only one of the main characters. You have three other angles going on, Iraqi citizens, uh, Iraqi militants, and then the Chris Henry character. So well done. Uh, points out many, many, many of bad things that were going on there during our time there. And uh, yeah, it's a series that I would love to see put on. I could see it doing, again, I'm all about the streaming services because they get more freedom there. Um, HBO could easily do this. I envision, uh, I'm trying to think who'd be, I mean, I'm, I'm, I always pictured the main character as Matt Damon, like he was in Green Zone, because yeah. they're almost the same character. Um, who would so, I, yeah. R- real fast. So mm-hmm. I, I had to look this up because I, I was honestly curious. So Vision and Sheriff of Babylon were his first like big works. Okay. He actually, he was an assistant. Um, to Chris Claremont at Marvel, the legendary X-Men writer, before oh. he joined the CIA counterterrorism unit. He interned at DC and Marvel, and then after 9-11, joined the CIA. Um, and actually, what he did, he co-wrote, before he got to those, he co-wrote Grayson Oh, with none other than Tim Seeley. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, the actual... Uh, this is one of those ones no one talks about it, but it was actually a great run. Then he did Omega Men, okay. and it's it's kind of like it, it's a sleeper. And then Sheriff of Babylon is what is what followed up. So it was like a, mm. a it was like a ramp up, and then just a, nice, know? nice, badass. The yeah. guy is a great writer. Yeah. Um, when I heard he was moving on to do Batman after this, I thought it was a fantastic move. Um, but yeah, if you want to, see, you know, Sheriff of Babylon would be a great intense action i'd want the same people involved who worked on um maybe 24 um definitely shocking shocking, yeah definitely homeland with um claire danes that was on showtime that would be around this type of style you'd be getting with this um but yeah sheriff babylon would be the one i would try to adapt into a series with mr tom king and mitch jared's uh um blessing Hell, Tom King could write the uh, could write the adaptation himself, and I'd just say, yep. "Thanks, man. Thanks, man." <laughs> um, so my next one is it's it's kind of, it's it's cheating, cheater, because it's, it's already a thing. Oh, okay. But it was canceled, and so you, I would you can bring it back. I would bring it back, uh-huh. and I'd make it bigger, better, better, better. Yeah, greener and greener. Here it is. You know where I'm going with this. Mm. I would bring back the Schwamp thing. Uh, yeah, bring back the Schwamp thing. Schwamp thing. Um, <laughs> just killed before episode one was even fucking Ugh. available to stream. Just disgusting. The just way that. fucks, which we still we still never got an exact answer. I I still believe it was it was associated with the way uh, the state they were filming in basically changed their budget and, mm-hmm. and didn't have the same budget for for uh, uh, supplementing TV and film, basically, to, to incentivize them to film in their state. Um, and I think because of that, Warner Brothers basically lost money on, on the... Or not lost money, just didn't make as much as they were going to, and so they decided mm-hmm. to fucking scrap it. Um, potentially tied into the fact they built a giant fucking indoor pool. They're not indoor, but they built a giant fucking pool to make their swamp. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I don't know if that's actually why. Maybe, maybe more information has come out since then, but I haven't seen anything about it. But that was just so fucking disappointing to have that be cut short because it was great. It was really well done. It was it was going the direction we wanted it to go. It, it mm-hmm. was you know being true to a lot of Alan Moore's work, and just to continue that and to eventually just like go all the way to when fucking the the torch passes finally all the way down to Grant Morrison and, and a young Mark Millar, and they're like, hey, just. Uh, just wrap this up and just go fucking bananas. We're going to reboot it anyway. And like, yeah, he's now the, the, he's now earth. It is all swamp thing. Mm-hmm. Like that. <laughs> oh, that'd be so fucking cool. Um, and I would keep, honestly, I'd keep a lot of the fucking people that were involved in the, the show. So you had the DC, you had the great James Wan, who I mentioned earlier, who yep. behind the conjuring saw. Um, and you also had Len Wiseman, who was the director of the underworld, uh, movies. Yep. 
Uh, that they were your executive producers. They were your yeah. brainchilds behind getting it made. Yeah, I definitely keep at least Juan on there because Juan knows the horror side very well. Um, I would uh, again. Maybe it's already been a thing. Maybe, maybe I'm just not paying attention. But again, I would like love to see different, um, different arcs and different like two to three episode arcs being told by different directors. You know, like, yeah. again, different, different, different interpretations. Like here, mm-hmm. this one's from the the point of view of Swamp Thing. This one's from the point of view of all these other people. Like this mm-hmm. one's from the point of view of this random person. And Swamp Thing is really just like this ominous like presence throughout the whole thing. It's not really about him. Like there's, there's, it's, it's been done so well in the comics. Like that'd be so fucking cool to see transferred back again to, to TV for a second chance, which mm-hmm. it fucking deserves DC. You fucks Warner mm-hmm. brothers. Really? You fucks. <laughs> God damn it. Get your shit together. Okay, Warner brothers. Get your shit together. God, at least, at least they're being aggressively anti Snyder or whatever the fuck that article said. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> God, they're against the Snyderverse. No shit, they they don't even good or bad. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> like we should all just stop. Just stop, Warner Brothers, you idiots. Just just stop. God, you fucking. Anyway, what's the third one? Um, my third one is the Jonathan Hickman story that I have, <clears throat> and I it is the more of the noir fiction horror mystery realm. We're talking about Black Monday murders. There it is. Holy fuck, could that be good? Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who don't know the plot, the series takes place in the aftermath of Black Monday, the stock market crash of 1987. The story concerns a group of elite financiers who have made a blood pact with a god in exchange for power and wealth. A second narrative, Strand follows NYPD detective Theodore Dumas as he unravels the secrets of magic at the heart of the global financial market. Um, <clears throat> the story... Like Hickman does so well, uh, between his panels, he's got those images of just giving you a history lesson yep. on Salwin, of course, the holiday I love talking about. Sam uh, Hain. Sam Hain. Good old Sam Hain, that son of a gun. Um, and bits of information that play a part into the story that ties our great financial market to, again, this god and how everything that happens – is tied to some sort of school of magic. Dark uh, magic. Dark magic. Uh, as according to Hickman, this is a book about schools of magic. The only difference being that instead of schools of magic, it's financial institutions. Power is accumulated through wealth. Through wealth, It's about a bunch of guys, a bunch of schools that gathered together and generated a financial collapse in order to attain power. Yeah. And it's done in that very a horror, mystery, thriller. It's all black and white. Um, I would love to adapt this. And if I were to choose producer director to handle this, it has to go to David Fincher, the man who gave us seven, the man who gave us fight club. Um, and he also produced house of cards. He produced the recent mind hunter on Netflix. He would be the perfect vision with this. Uh, it'd be a very Fincher style. It'd be probably the darkest thing Fincher's done, I'd say. And he's done some dark stories, but this would be the darkest thing he'd ever do. But that is who the first hits me as who I'd want to choose as my producer slash director for this series. Um, starring in it, uh, playing the character of Theodore Dumas, I would go with a Trevante Rhodes, who was in Moonlight and was rumored to be the Green Lantern pick for uh, the Snyder Cut. Yeah. Uh, he's a great actor, and I put him as the, the lead in this, Mister, uh, as the detective Theodore Dumas. But nice. Black Monday Murders from 2016, written by John Hickman and Tom oh, – excuse me, written by John Hickman, drawn by Tom Coker, adapted by Anthony Steve, produced by David Fincher. What? Hell yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be dope. I do realize I have a, an honorable mention after your next one. Word. Sweet. Okay. Yeah, because my next one's a, a completely different direction. We went, uh, you know, serious and darker and, and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, um, and and maybe this is going to be a thing eventually, and, and may, maybe it won't. Um, but one of my favorite um, comics ever um, is none other than uh, the Lumberjanes. Um, oh now, yeah. Lumberjanes um, focuses on a uh, 
a summer camp um, that uh, is much more than meets the eye as they encounter the mystical, mm-hmm. the magical, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the the can't think of another M. Magnificent, yeah. magnificent. Fuck. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, Lumberjanes is, is 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 fucking great. It's it's lighthearted, it's fun, it's got a good message, good lessons um about, you know, acceptance and 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 strength and and empathy and caring about others and and, and you know, inclusivity and and all kinds of just really fucking cool things. All the just fucking liberal bullshit that people fucking hate <laughs> and I fucking love. I drink yeah. your, your conservative fucking tears, you fucking snowflakes. Ben Shapiro, get the fuck out of here. Just- uh, uh, I thought uh, I thought I was mentioned. Uh, did you this wood I bought? This great piece of cedar I bought from Home Depot. Oh, oh yeah, do you have it in a bag? It's in a it's in a bag. I got to cover oh. up the bag so I can show it's from Home Depot. Cool. Yeah, you're uh, uh-huh. you're uh, you're looking less and less uh, like a human, and more and more like the alien that you actually are. Seems uh, that they're uh, they're onto me. Uh-huh. Fuck Ben. The get the fuck out of here. Get the fucking alien. Fuck you, fucking you, skin little... suit. You fucking weirdo. Fucking. Anyway, Lumberjanes, really nice. Yeah, uh, lots of fun. Um, anyway, yeah, but Lumberjanes, is just, it's, it's a ton of fucking fun. Um, it's, it's got a lot of good stories that could be adapted. It's been going on for a really long time. I have a stack of them that I have, I have not caught up. Um, uh, but, like, that, that's the type where I think that could be a really great animated sh- series. Like, it fits, really, it fits really well in, like, the style of, like... Um, Adventure Time and Steven Universe and a lot of those like I'm and I'm not well versed in like animated you know, animation directors and animators like that's not like my strong suit like voice actors I ah, fuck it I would you know I'd throw some spaghetti against the wall and see what stuck like I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not good at, at, at that kind of thing but just the idea behind that like series like I think it could be really well well adapted in, into cartoons I think it could sh- go for a long time. I think that'd be something that like I would love to see on a Netflix and just to, I'd fucking show my kids that because like it's it's cool because it's like, you know, it's they're a summer camp where they have fun, but they also have like good lessons. And it's, you know, it's 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 a it's a positive, a very positive book with a lot of. um, um What's the word I'm looking for? A lot of like heartfelt, you know, heartfelt and like real issues and emotions, but dealt with in 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 fun uh, in fun and manageable ways, you know, like some, some pretty, I don't want to say like heavy topics, but yeah, they, mm-hmm. they cover some stuff that, you know, like I wouldn't have fucking known about if I was a kid. Like if I was a kid now reading these comics, I'd be so much more worldly and better for it. You know, like I, I know a lot of people like to think that, you know, kids shouldn't be exposed to some things at an early age, like, mm-hmm. like dealing with, you know, like homosexuality and bisexuality and, and people who are transgender, like, Everyone's like, oh no, tell them about that when they're older. Like, why? Mm-hmm. Why? You 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 fucking you 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 call you call my fucking kid uh, a flirt because he smiles at you when he's fucking ten months old. Why the fuck can't I tell my goddamn three year old? Yeah, you know Spot what? On. Some people kiss each other and they're not the same gender. Like, holy fuck, what's the uh, problem? Uh, it's uh, a great fuck. Yeah, uh, it's a great fucking comic that deals with a lot of that fucking shit. Like, teaches you about you know, like being more accepting and open to all kinds of different viewpoints of the fucking world, like Mm -hmm. challenging gender stereotypes because they're fucking stupid, you know, like fuck off. God damn. Get them. Get them. I don't know why I'm angry. Just get them. Yeah. Fucking turn lumberjanes into a cartoon. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be great. I think, I think, I think you could make money off of it. You could, you could jumpstart some careers, get a lot of different voice talent in there. I don't fucking know how to make a cartoon. What am I saying? It might just be like three people in a fucking room, and that's all it takes. Who knows? We'll make it happen. Anyway, I like that. What's, like that. what's your honorable so mention? My honorable mention is I'm calling it an honorable mention because it was one I wanted to see adapted. Wasn't sure if it was, and as of a few you know minutes before the show, discovered it's going forward. So that is. Scott Snyder and Jock's Witches. Oh, hell yeah. 2014. Uh, we read this way back in the early days as way part back. of a homework assignment. Yeah. And we discussed it, uh, which is basically is featured in this small town that has this particular tradition of a person pledging another to strange beings called witches. And that's with a Y, W-Y-T-C-H-E-S. 
in the nearby forest in order to gain a boon from them. So a boon. Yep. A boon from them. Um it's a it's a horror series. It's very well told. It's very well written. The art stands out as like a watercolor type art effect they had where they yeah. draw them and kind of splash the water, like layers of watercolor on it, where so it had kind of a 3D effect. Yeah. Um, it was really cool the way they did it. Loved the story. Um, so the news we had that I had known before was that shortly after the series was released in October 2014, Plan B Entertainment, which is owned by Mr. Brad Pitt, oh, uh, no announced they had purchased film rights to the work way back in 2014. It was that Snyder and Jock would serve as executive producers and Brad Pitt, D.D. Gardner, and Jeremy Claner would be producing it. Nothing happened since then. So it was one of those like Pax Romana issues where they bought the rights, right. but nothing got made yet. Now, more recently, as of April 6th, 2021, Ooh. Scott Snyder announced that Plan B was now working on a TV version of the series with Amazon Prime. No shit. Snyder wrote the first episode. Comic book writer James Tinian IV is in the writer's room, and Ooh, Jock wow. is creating the storyboards. So, oh, fantastic. as of right now, Plan B Entertainment, with Brad Pitt producing, are turning it into a series for Amazon Prime. That's hasn't, as of April 6th. Hasn't Brad Pitt, like, produced all kinds of shit? Like, oh, he's been on a... Ever since... So, Plan B started... It's still, I think, jointly owned between him and Jennifer Aniston. Like, they still both own Plan B together. Um, I think he's just produced more stuff on it than she has. Right. But it all started, I think The Departed was like the first big thing they produced because Plan B was like 2005, 2004, 2005, and Departed came out in 2006. And 12 Years a Slave was Plan B. Right. Uh, but yeah, he um, The Big Short was Plan right. B, which he also right. starred in. He's been on a producing tangent since the mid-2000s and – this was one of those that they picked up, and I'm happy to see that this news is being only a month old, that we are getting a TV series with Amazon from Plan oh, yeah. B for Witches. So that's why it's an honorable mention, because it's going forward. Yeah, there's been a couple like that. I know um, Robert, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is producing uh, yep. Sweet Tooth, mm-hmm. uh, the the DC comic uh, written by uh, Jeff Lemire, Lemire. And that's, I think, the Lemier, second- Lemray. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, that's the second one because, yeah, before that, Downey, uh, RDJ produced um, the Perry Mason reimagining for HBO. Right. That right. was their yeah. first big production, and now they have Sweet Tooth coming out. So, yeah. Sick. These actors turned producers, man. Hey. Fuck it. Doing it. They're throwing, they're throwing money at the right people. There you go. Yeah, we're happy with it. Yeah. Witches, Amazon, Witches. Brad Pitt. I like and I like that they're keeping Snyder. He's still writing for the series. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That the guy who wrote the comic, that and the guy who drew the comic, they're both involved in the creation of the series. Nice. So cool. yeah. Hey, uh, sp- speaking of all these things, uh, speaking these of Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man, yeah, um, this is going to be obviously old news by by the time you're you're listening to this episode. But uh, but uh, Mickey Rourke, fuck you, bud. Right? Jesus Christ. What? Excuse me? Yeah. Fucking. I, yeah. So, yeah, he, he lets out how he thinks Marvel movies are trash and felt yeah, that is. Which is funny because now all these people are then coming out of the woodworks being like, yeah, no, you were just a dick to work exactly with. Exactly. What I was going to say. Yes. Uh, he was complaining about how half of his work on the movie was left on the cutting room floor. Well, I'm sorry, Ranky. You didn't have the greatest Russian accent as your character either. Julius. Why did your shoes fall off when you're being dragged away? Why does that happen? Um, also, someone someone pointed out like oh, there was a one shot, you know, like a one take stunt where he's supposed to be walking away from the explosion. Yes. And at the end, he dusts off his shoulder for no reason. For no reason. And everyone's like, you just did that. And it wasn't like, a, like I know, I mean, I, I know actors are like, you know, sometimes they improv and do the creative things. And other times it's like, yeah, but you're just a dick and weren't fucking doing anything. So mm-hmm. congratulations. Even if you are sick of Marvel, like I'm sick of Mickey Rourke's fucking opinion and his that was that was dra- fucking right <laughs> fucking f- face job. <laughs> that was director Stephen Ford on Twitter, where I think shared that video. Yeah, but it, it just Mickey Rourke had this period of time. He had the Robert Downey Jr. downfall. Yeah, at one point he had it. 
Yeah. And he was making a comeback. He did Sin City. He did uh, The Wrestler and then gets the big part in Iron Man 2 as the big villain, which was a big payday for him. You'd think, having gone through the shit you went through, you'd be a little humble, like Robert Downey has been with shit. More positive. No, what's he do? He bitches and complains about Iron Man 2. Jules. Jules. My shoes fall off. Why? Jules. Jules. Jules is my my toothpick. Jules. (laughs) Jules. Look at my stupid hair. Jules. Jules. Like Jules. birds, like birds. <laughs> like anyway. birds. I don't speak Russian. <laughs> well, no one does. Not that fucking dialect. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> now Anthony. That's okay. Now we Anthony. love him. Anthony. We love him. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> Sam, Sam Rockwell. Rockwell you're beautiful. Do no fucking wrong right now. <laughs> Still Let's get him. Let's get him fucking in one of these projects. I don't fucking care which one. Yes. You know, you know put him in witches. When I can the dad in witches. He could be in all of them. I want him in all of them. Every, yeah, put him in all the projects. Everything, I want him every fucking project we mentioned. All right. He could be one of the slashers that Cassie kills. In Hell yeah. But I want him to talk the same way as his Iron Man too. He, he could be the fucking cardinal that gets shot in the first episode. Cassie. 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 <laughs> great. Come out dancing. All right, well that uh that about wraps it up. Some fun little fucking random things that we We're uh, showrunners, man. We want to see we're show we're running the shows. That's what we're doing. I'm uh I'm uh I'm I can't think of any famous showrunners right now to uh, Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott is he a showrunner? Uh, he produces. He Never mind he's not a showrunner, he produces though. I don't fucking understand the difference between all these fucking people. They all have too much money and I don't understand their jobs. Okay? That's so like producers like here's the overall idea I have and showrunners like okay here's how I'm gonna take it episode by episode by episode that'd be the blunt way I could tell you but then and the producer would be like I like that let's do that but then what run the show what's the what do the directors and the writers do they take what the showrunner like the director so the showrunner has his writing team. And Shorter says, here's what we're going to do episode by episode by episode. Let's write this together and I'll get the final, I'll grant the final approval on it. It sounds like there's too many people involved passing Director. too much money to each other. Director looks at what they wrote and says, okay, here's how I'm going to shoot it. Boom. Shorter Barry. Celebrities in Hollywood were a mistake. <laughs> as, as, your, as your co-host is trying to make it in the business. Fuck off. It's just... <laughs> Make a make a livable wage. You don't need to be a fucking multimillionaire anyway. <laughs> but then, but then I would fund us. Yeah, cool. What, what, you're trying to bribe me out of taking of caring about the other common man? I would help them too. Sure, you would. Sure, you would. Crusaders, bright lights. You'd, you'd start a fucking foundation and have other people donate to it. How the fuck does that work? It's like when you go up to fucking when you're at the supermarket and the little thing at the end is like, here, donate. You know, here, give us some money to donate to your fucking neighbors. And it's like, I'm sorry. Why don't you fucking just give them the fucking food, Safeway? I, I might. Fucks. But but then they get money. But then they fucking get paid because you have to buy the groceries that you're giving to the. Why don't I just fucking steal the bag and then just go give it to someone? You can't fucking say anything. <laughs> Crusaders, bright lights. I may or may not have gone up to one of those fucking food donation bins and just grabbed shit off the, the fucking out of the fucking what was the word? Allegedly. and then just fucking dropped him in that bin. May no one or fucking may knows. not. He said may or may not. I may Allegedly. or may not have done that. You don't fucking know. We, the Catholic Crusaders, do not condone or... <laughs> yeah, fuck the system. Anyway, hey. Um, <laughs> Enjoy our podcast. Thanks for hanging out. <laughs> to our Patreon. <laughs> yeah, give us some money. We're not fucking billionaire fucks. I never said I want to be a billionaire. I never said that part. Just shut up, okay? God, okay. I don't even want. To, I don't even want to be a fucking millionaire. I, mean, I want to be the low millions. <sighs> fucking shit. <laughs> We're having a lovely discussion about show running. Yeah, what? I don't fucking. Know. I don't understand. I don't care. Tom's gonna fucking text me and be like, "Hey, let me explain how fucking movies work." And I'm like, "I don't fucking care, Tom." <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like I don't I don't I don't understand any of this and I don't sometimes I don't know if I fucking want to. I Listen, keep the, bring- the mise en scene. Okay, the mise en scene. The what? The me it's a film term. Tom will tell you. I don't fucking know. Jesus. <laughs> God damn it. I didn't go to school to fucking learn what that was. I go to school to have cool stories to bring up at parties. 
and not utilize that information in my career like, in any way, shape, or form. Well, you flip the burger. Well, you're flipping the burgers. Yeah. Hey, Tom, did you hear this? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I will. I will cook the food, and I will tell you about. Hey, have you ever compared the magic that the Maori people put into their canoes versus mm. the superstitions that pitchers and hitters pr- perform on the baseball field? Let's talk ah. about baseball magic. <laughs> I'm not using that to fucking make money. Like I'm, I'm using that to fucking entertain. Writing this down. Yeah. <laughs> see, here's see, see, here's what you have to understand. Okay, so um, the Maori people, the, yeah. when, when they would go out and fish, they'd have uh-huh. smaller pools where the, mm-hmm. the fish would get caught as the tide went out, mm-hmm. and then they have plants that they could use. As if you crush the plants and you mm-hmm. drop it into the water, mm-hmm. it stuns and it's a mild toxin and it stuns the fish. Okay, mm-hmm. and they're able to pick them out very easily. Mm-hmm. So that requires. A minimal amount of magic. I'm using mm. air quotes. Magic. Mm-hmm. They, they, there's not a lot of ritual or magic that goes into that because there mm-hmm. aren't a lot of variables. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now that being said, when they would go out in say uh, a large canoe and mm-hmm. go out deeper and you know farther out into the water, do some deep sea fishing, um, that canoe would require more magic, more ceremony, more ritual because mm-hmm. there's more variables. Now, see, if that canoe goes out there and capsizes or they don't mm-hmm. catch a lot of fish, mm-hmm. not enough magic. They mm-hmm. didn't do something right. They didn't mm-hmm. They didn't pray enough to a certain ancestor. They didn't put enough uh, carvings into it, and they it's have to scrap it. But if that canoe does well, hell yeah, you've got a canoe that you need to reuse. Just like, say, you're a superstitious batter, uh... and you're like, oh, I won in these socks. Can't wash them gotta wear these socks mm-hmm. you see pitchers and batters they have this fucking thing they always have to do they always have to tap this and 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 tug mm-hmm. this and, mm-hmm. and, and do that and all yep. this shit because they're superstitious because again they have less control there's more variables when they are doing what they're doing they have less a chance of hitting it's 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 much more uh there's more there's more chance obviously there's skill involved there's mm-hmm. skill in, involved in the fishing of course but just like these guys who put the plants into the water to shock the fish the outfielders, they're not having to do these crazy intricate rituals because for the most part, it's it's either a pop fly or a ground ball. Like their their jobs are again not easy, but they're much more straightforward. There's mm-hmm. less variables, there's less magic and superstition needed. Mm-hmm. This is the Maori you said? Yes. I appreciate you bringing that up during this month. I, I don't I don't know if they play baseball uh very very much. The month but, we're in. That was very well planned. Well done. I what, appreciate that. What's this month? AAPI man. Oh fuck yeah! I didn't even think about that. You did. Oh, yeah. Perfect. That was perfect. See, see my fucking degree going to good pay me so I can um, use my degree and, and make my parents proud. Are you clapping right now? Yeah. The mic's not picking it up. <laughs> <laughs> it picks up you. It picks up you talking through your hands, but not your fucking hands. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah, that's a that's a that was a paper. Uh, oh shit! I'm blanking on the anthropologist that wrote it. Um, that was like cool shit like that. Like that's why nice. I like the anthropology. It was it was you know it was cool to to see that and explain that and nice and you know also learn about how you know awful white people are. So you know it's great, that too. great yeah. things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. None of those used in my day to day my day to day job. <laughs> uh, today today I scrubbed uh, what I can only assume is some sort of juice out of mm. the keys of a computer that a mm. uh, that a student gave back to the school. We're gonna assume it's juice. Yeah, I'm gonna hope it's juice. Yep, you should wash up. You should anyway, wash up. Hey, so that, that, after that fucking random ass tangent about Mickey <laughs> Rourke and then baseball magic, um, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Cable Crusaders. My name is, of course, David Barry. I am joined by the most electrifying Azorian in all of podcastum, and now very interested in Maori magic. This is the Azorian one, Anthony Steves. Yeah, man, it's cool shit. Just look it up. I like it. I like I mean, it. yeah, we the, the the interruption of their fucking you know culture and and everything in order to be studied is definitely a fucking problem. Yeah, it's a problem. Um, but Hawaii you know, and Samoa as well. Yeah, don't fuck, dude. Don't you? Wow, mm-hmm. you just want to mm-hmm. hate white people more. Mm-hmm. Learn about mm-hmm. how we study people. Anyway, um, for uh, Manderson, aka the the son of the Superman, or he's got too many nicknames now. Um, <laughs> for Manderson and Amy, who is in the process 
of uh, growing her new muscles and being exposed to Vita Rays because she has just got her second dose yeah, of she that does. Pfizer Super Soldier Serum. You're getting your first one. We're going to be mm-hmm. a team of fucking vaccinated Avengers up in this bitch here real soon. Wade Wilson like a motherfucker. Hell yeah, minus the weird skin stuff. Well, we never know. We'll see what happens. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Your, your wife seems to be a loving person, just cares, yeah. cares for you regardless. Still anyway. a face worth sitting on. <clears throat> oh, wow. <laughs> Can't say Wade Wilson without doing a Wade Wilson line. I'm I sorry. Know, I know, but this, uh, we had kids listening to the show, and well, until this point, all the the, well, the, the 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 very vulgar swearing and stuff at least didn't involve sex. Coming, I mean, come on. <laughs> we have standards here at the, here at the Capeless Crusaders. Anyway, <laughs> for <laughs> the Capeless Crusaders, thanks for hanging out. A oh, good night. Good night.